You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26er family? Welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. It's that time again, extraordinary occurrences with our producer extraordinaire, Demarcus Adisa. What's going on? What's going on, y'all? Happy to have you. Thank you for having me tonight, Delish. It's been a minute since it's just been the two of us because we uh, invited our podcasting cousins uh, from the Black and Highly Dangerous podcast to uh, join us the last time. Um, so it's been, what, like eight weeks and since it's just been the it's two been of us? It's been a minute. What was that alternative song? It's been a while. <laughs> I have no idea. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. Come on now. You went to private school. I don't have to Google this song. <laughs> but it has definitely been a minute. Yeah, so... Um, but we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about because life just feels life feels really monotonous, but also not at the same time. Time out. It was stained. It's been a while. You never heard that song? I'm sorry, I've no. Yeah, that's, that's like 2001. You might have already been in college. Yeah, that was. I mean, I went to a PWI as well, but I was in college. And you I were hanging out at Temple. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's let's not implicate me on the podcast. <laughs> got you. My bad. My bad. She still got a career to uphold, y'all. Uh, in any case, how you holding up? I'm doing all right. Um, I've come to terms that this is what it is, and have um, just trying to maximize my time. Um, found a few new hobbies, you know. During COVID, um, definitely have not been exercising, haven't exercised in like a month or two, um, but I'm holding up. All right. What about you? How, how are you? I'm good, man. Like my my life, interestingly, hasn't really slowed down. It looks different because of COVID, but I still feel really, really busy um, because my career is still at full throttle. There's some other things that have been going on, which we'll talk about on this episode. So, I mean, the hardest part for me, I think, is just... Um, you know, not having that social aspect. Now, I'm an introvert, so it's not as hard for me as it has been for some other people. However, um, just not seeing like my homegirls in person for a really long time. We've had some virtual happy hours and stuff, but just not having that connection um, that we normally have. That's been pretty difficult. But other than that, I'm just trying to stay healthy, trying to stay safe. It's so crazy because I like I think I mentioned this before with COVID. I didn't really go out a whole bunch before COVID mm -hmm. and I haven't gone out. I'm really not going out really anywhere besides the grocery store now. Um, but I think it's just the fact of not being able, not having the options, having that being taken away that may be bothersome to some people. I don't know. Some people don't care. They've been partying anyway. I've seen it all over the social media, but I think that's what's got me. It's like, like you said, kind of not being able to go just meet up with friends and like have a conversation. Yeah, just as you know, I've never been like a hard partier, but um, just like a dinner after work or, you know, a nice brunch or, or something like that. Just missing that that element um, has been it wasn't so tough at first because I felt really, really burnt out. So like for a minute there, I was like, hey, we stuck at home, can't do anything, but really try to just rest and unplug. Um, but now that we're what, April, May, June, three months into this? Oh, July, four months into this. Um, It is, yeah, it's, it's definitely starting to take its toll. But my friends who are extroverts are literally going crazy. Like they they really can't handle it. I'm not that bad, but um, it would be nice to just have like a girl's night or a girl's weekend, which even though other people are turning up in that way, I'm still 
pretty much on lockdown at this point. I'm not relaxing uh, the standards just yet. The South is having a good old time. Oh, yeah. Full parties and the club and COVID is just waiting in the wings. Yeah, no, I'm good. Like, you know, I I haven't been following the news very closely because it's overwhelming. But, you know, the risk of a second wave or I think we've already seen mutations. They don't they don't know what to do, how to treat it. I'm just like while the New York and New Jersey seem to be um, full into recovery and we don't have like those record breaking uh, new cases and deaths anymore. Like I'm not tempting fate. I'm just going to continue to be vigilant and I have plenty to keep me busy at home. So listen, man, that second wave going to pop up like Eddie Kane and the five heartbeats. (laughs) (laughs) Nights like this. I wish raindrops would fall. <laughs> Don't say we ain't warn you. Exactly. And I'm I'm really I, I'm not trying to be that person that stayed home for three months just to get caught up in the second wave. Like, you know, and you hear people say, like, I went to one party, I did I went to a socially distanced, you know, one event and I still got it. So um yeah. Have you gotten the test yet? No. No, I have not. Like Are you getting it? Probably not. It's going to be easy. I don't know if I'm ready to just have a pipe cleaner shoved up my nose. I think I'm going to do it. I, I think I would just feel better just knowing, even though apparently people get false negatives and all that other stuff. But clearly, if you know, if I did have it, I'd be asymptomatic. But um, and I, the only reason I'm curious is because before they really called it what it was, a pandemic, there was like illness that swept through a bunch of my colleagues, like that circle where people were super, super sick and like flat on their back for three weeks or so. And we're all like, were we exposed back then? You know, I was working in New York at the time. So I think I just want to know whether like I have the presence of antibodies right. or, or um or what? Just, you know, for my own. I, I shouldn't even say for my own peace of mind because I already have peace of mind. But um, since the test is out there and it's free under the CARES Act, might go ahead and just let them stick that long. Uh, Q-tip up my nose. We'll see what happens. Well, um, since we under the same roof, I'm going to let you take the test for the both of us. <laughs> the real nice. black right there. Like, if she got the antibodies, I probably got it. <laughs> nice. Well, since you brought it up, uh, us being under the same roof, we've been alluding to changes uh, that were afoot for a bit. And those changes have been implemented at this point. Um, so we, should we tell the people? Tell the people. So in the middle of COVID, I bought a house. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I also made a career change, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, so interestingly, I had started looking at real estate like a while ago. And then um, the the area that I was in at the time, you know, things were popping up for sale. And I started kind of snooping around. Um, and yeah, those price points were out of control. And it was for things that like needed to be gut renovated. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be easy. I'm not going to push it. Maybe now is not the time. And interestingly, at the same time, I was like kind of itching to make a career change, um, start the next chapter of my career. But like things weren't coming together the way that I wanted. So I just was like, you know what? Maybe now is not the right time for anything. Um, I'm just going to try to master the art of surrender and see how things unfold in 2021. So that that was the plan on both the career front and the real estate front. And I came into 2020 feeling really, really good about that. Um, And then a few weeks in, I was still getting the listings, you know, from various sources and I saw this house that caught my eye. You know, you just have that. You ever have those moments in life where something catches you and stops you in your tracks? Like 
I need to look into that. Of course. Yes. Anytime I see anything on sale, <laughs> they got lamb chops on sale. <laughs> $3.99. I need to look into that. But yes, that's me. It happens often. So that's what happened. Um, and long story short, like I saw the property, it disappeared um, for it was online like one day and then it was gone like the same day. But for once, my uh, photographic memory was working and I just recalled the realtor's name and their the brokerage. So I, I dropped him an email and said, hey, you know, I saw this property appear and then it went away. Um, what's the story? Is it com- permanently de- delisted or is it uh, a temporary thing? Sent the message on my way to work. Didn't think anything about it. He called me in like five minutes. We had a conversation. He was like, hey. Um, yeah, no, we just took it down because the sellers weren't ready to just show, but it's definitely coming back. So just by me making that call, I had to jump on the whole process. Um, so long story short, first day of showing, I came and saw the property first or second day. I think it was like 16 offers that came in. And but I was just like, no, nobody's beating me because I'm me. And yeah, so we made it happen. Um, little negotiation and, you know, things happen. And I ended up in the end getting it for exactly what I wanted it for, even after the bidding war, which was great. Um, and so in that process, you and I had a conversation and, you know, since the house has enough space and a separate entrance, considering everything that we're trying to do with content and just all this other stuff, I was like, Hey, you know, what do you think? And you said, and I said, I'm with it because I'm sick of my landlord anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So the plan was pre-COVID that I was going to close on this house. Renovations would get done. Uh, you would have your own separate space, you know, walk out entrance the whole nine. And then, you know, we'd also w- would have like an editing suite. So a place to produce content, which we both were like really excited about. All this was supposed to happen like in May. Right. Close in April, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID shut everything down, like everything. So it didn't shut my deal down, which I'm happy about. Um, and I've been reading all these stories of like creatives who um, are just people who are independent um, or self-employed who got their mortgages pulled in the middle of being in contract because with COVID, everything became risky, right? Mm-hmm. So the, you know, we were flying high for a few years after the Great Recession, even though I've been saying forever it wasn't going to last. Um, and then they started tightening credit requ- requirements, mortgages that existed for self-employed people didn't exist anymore. Um, and this is where, you know, the benefit of me being a hybrid came in handy um, because, you know, I didn't have to go through that, thankfully. And also have an excellent credit did not hurt. Um, so, so yeah, I ended up closing in the middle of COVID, which is like a whole thing. Uh, the process to even get to closing was crazy because things were closed, like city offices. There were certain things that had to get signed. New Jersey hadn't done virtual notarization yet. So that was a whole thing. And then I closed. There was no celebration. There was no realtors in the office, you know, with the <laughs> popping champagne, taking the picture with the key. I got none of that. Yeah, none of that. They like threw the, your keys out the window. <laughs> like, here, go. Literally, the seller signed everything. Their lawyer sends everything to my lawyer because I'm not a real estate lawyer. So I still, even though I know a little bit about real estate, I still use the lawyer. Um, And then he called me like, you're going to come to the office. Please don't bring anybody with you. Please be masked up. Um, We'll be at opposite ends of an eight foot table. You'll sign your documents. I'll slide the keys to you. And that's that's it. And that is literally what happened. Y'all, she bought a house and they threw her the keys to the mail slot. (laughs) (laughs) I showed up with my mask. 
all the paperwork was set at the end of a long table for me to sign. I it was a, the fastest closing in history. I was out of there like 20 minutes because everything, all that prep work had been done. So I signed everything and literally it was like an envelope that was slid across the table <laughs> with the keys. No fanfare, no celebration. Thank you. It literally was like, Five okay, star, come <laughs> congrats. Here's your house. Bye. Bye. Like literally that was it. So I didn't, and I still haven't had like a proper celebration um, because of everything, but I still felt good about it. And then the other challenge then became construction, right? So we are now in July and construction still has not started um, on your space and on the the production room. Um, But there's been plenty of bootleg construction happening upstairs. (laughs) All kinds of construction. I'm like a full Jamaican now. Yeah, you are. You've reached like Megatron Jamaican <laughs> level, like, <laughs> I like yeah, I'm I'm helping renovate, cut borders, or, or all kinds of stuff, y'all. Just all kinds of stuff, repairing holes in the wall, yes. sanding, painting, everything. But it's it's well worth it. So for the benefit of context, um, you know, it's interesting, right? So when I went and started this mortgage process last year sometime, I was very clear about like how much money I wanted to spend, what I wanted to do. Um, but when you have really great credit and you have an advanced degree, like I do, they will throw the literally everything at you. So from the beginning, the broker was like, yeah, you, you just want to do that, but you could really do this. And did you know you were eligible for this? And you can, and I mean, it was just something that like was very obvious to me that I would be house poor very quickly, um, which I had no intention of doing. I see why people do it. It's very enticing. Um, so I made the decision to buy a home with really good bones. And there are some upgrades that have been made, not necessarily my taste, but some upgrades that have been made. But the house was built in 1923. So there was some work that needed to be done. Um, and I had spoken to a contractor originally about like doing all the work. So soup to nuts, getting everything done. I learned very quickly how much renovations cost and was like, nah, fam, um, <laughs> some of this Ooh. stuff we're going to have to figure out uh, how to do on our own. So um, while general contracting has not started, we have been working on various smaller projects upstairs uh and in various places and it's a whole lot of work let me just say that it's a whole lot of work yes i might have to file a civil suit against the lease (laughs) by the time we get done call into one of those commercials you have been exposed to asbestos (laughs) hey i got the asbestos test done there's not any asbestos in any room that you've been in and let me let me let me let y'all know I'm just joking. Um, we've been doing everything by the book. The house is really, really is a nice house. But again, it's an older house. So anytime um, with the type of work and renovations that's going on, anytime you cut a hole in the wall, you do not know what you're going to f- find behind that wall because that wall is almost 100 years old. So everything is just like a, a mystery and a discovery once you start and pull something apart. And there have been plenty of surprises, plenty of them already. <laughs> but listen, I'm I'm actually enjoying it. It's a little bit frustrating at times because things don't move and have not moved as quickly as I would like. And, you know, I want things set up and I want the house to feel like a home. Um Wondering if we're going to find like money stored behind any of these walls by the mafia or something, because just some interesting construction that has been done. Cement walls. We don't know why the walls are cement. But anyway, um, but I am enjoying the process. I'm looking forward to um, the content that we're going to create here and the space that we're creating to do that. So it's the next chapter. And I mean, I feel like um, this is 
kind of a lost art, like families pooling resources um, to build wealth together. And we're on that program. Uh, first of many pro- properties, hopefully. Listen, man, it's the only way when you when you're raised and you come up like how we came up. It's the only way. I think it's like one of the greatest American myths of the individual, the rugged individual pulling themselves up by their boot, bootstraps. It's like who has that much bread? That's uh, that single and doesn't have like family or doesn't have like massive student loan debt to Mm -hmm. do everything alone. Um, And, you know, you grow up hearing the stories about what people did in prior times. And then you grow up seeing what, you know, your immigrant friends, families do. And it only makes sense. Right. Exactly. Um, So. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the renovations done, getting the house in order. But what I'm really looking forward to is like. The ideas that we had from the beginning of the year for content creation, um, which has really been on hold because just things have been crazy. Um, And I mean, in the beginning of COVID, you know, you were dealing with just your entire business being at a a standstill. That pause. It was it was crazy. As my Haitian friends would say, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) My friend, it was crazy. So, yeah, there was just no bandwidth for creativity um, in that way. But I'm really excited for that you know, excited for us to have more space to kind of act on some of these things. Right. And, and also just, um, even though we didn't live that far apart, but when you, I don't think people realize when you live in a city environment, a, a mile or half a mile between those lights and traffic can be a 20 minute trip. And then just parking. Then finding parking, then bringing all the gear and setting up. So it's a little bit different when you're under a roof and you say, hey, everyone's under the same roof and you say, hey, I have this idea. Let's do this. And you can instantly make it happen versus like, hold up, let me load my car up. That means I got to go get all the equipment together, pull the car around, put my hazards on, load the car drive over, unload it, find parking. By the time you find parking, you're like, I don't want to do anything. Exactly. But let me say this, though, because you are a creative. And while I'm a creative also, I'm still required to be corporate in some ways. Mm-hmm. The separate and distinct spaces were definitely a requirement because you edit at like three or four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And, and I can't. I just can't. I get all my good ideas after 9 p.m. Yes. So you definitely need your own floor, your own entrance, your own space to do your editor creative I, I get the, the greatest ideas between 2 and 4 a.m. You really come alive in the middle of the night, which is just like prime time REM sleep for me. Um, so that that's why this works. Otherwise, somebody's going to be mad. It probably would be me. <laughs> so, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, what I did not know is just how much landscaping costs. If I just may digress for a minute, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how much it costs to like just take care of grass. But that's been like... We did bring in a landscaper in the beginning, but you've been like managing that. Um, you, you really turned that, into an uncle, a Jamaican uncle at that. It was destiny. It was destiny. All I need is like two gold teeth and like a <laughs> like Mercedes pendant. I'm not wearing sandals, though. But I mean, it just like anything else. I mean, it didn't make sense. The amount of things that needed to be done on the grass and the guys were cutting. I mean, they were doing a great job, but the amount that they were charging, it's like that is crazy. I'd rather like I always say I can do that. These are the conversations that we're having now, ladies and gentlemen, about grass, decks, barbecues, all that great all stuff. All that great stuff. In addition to talking content and a few other things. So, yeah, just trying to get set up with the house and, and all of that stuff um, has been a lot. Um, and also because I did make a career change, which was interesting in the middle of a global pandemic. Dealing with that, just starting my next chapter there, which has been great. Um, but it has been a lot. And also just the diversity piece. Uh, I am a, a black woman working uh, as an attorney. (laughs) 
So you, as you can imagine, my imp- insult, insight is is sought often. Uh, so especially in this political climate, right? Which is exhausting some days because you know I'm still coping and processing emotions as a black woman first because I'm that before I'm a a corporate lawyer I'm more a tech lawyer so that's been interesting but you know I think what I find um I don't want to say I find it interesting because it's to be expected but what I do find interesting is how often I've been hearing from people like wow you know things just work out for you like you know you got this house you you made a career change started that that new chapter um in the middle of covid that's amazing. But acting as if these things just fell in my lap when really both of them have been years in the making and it's taken a lot of discipline and moving with intention to get get to this point. It just so happened to land in the middle of COVID. That's real. Like, you know how what they what is it saying? If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, not to tell too much of your story, but I was around for it, seeing what happened when you were in solo practice and everything that occurred back then. And, you know, to now I understand all the changes that you went through and you being like, all right, never again. Like, right. Never again. Never forget. I'm going to be ready once the opportunity comes around. It's a lot of sacrifice and nobody ever sees that part. Nobody sees um, like that saying goes, nobody sees when you're shooting in the gym. Exactly. And I feel like I've been doing that, you know, Various iterations of that for the 10 years that I've been a lawyer. However, particularly in the last five years, I've spent rebuilding the vision that I have for my life. Right. And and, the, and some of that took grieving what I thought was going to happen in a certain time frame. Um, so, yeah, I don't like I don't I do not feel like, oh, why do these good things keep happening to me? I feel like I've worked really hard for this and now it's here. Right. And I'm not going to apologize for that or be a shrinking violent because violent because I've done the work. Right. Um, and there's grace mixed in there. We all make missteps and stuff. So I'm not trying to say that's not the case. But, um, you know, opportunity has met preparation, you know, so that that is is not I'm not going to let somebody minimize this as if it's just a stroke of luck because it's not. I ain't heard nobody say that since uh, high school football. (laughs) Opportunity meets preparation. That's luck, son. It's real, though. It's a very real saying. Yeah. So and I mean, it's interesting. We were having this conversation the other day, like people look at what I've been able to accomplish and they're like, oh, wow. But if I look at the people that I went to law school with, this is like nothing. This is a drop in the bucket. Right. Um, So my community of colleagues and former classmates, people are making moves way bigger than mine. Um, for sure. Now, are they doing that and podcasting and doing philanthropy at the same time? Not necessarily. <laughs> Some shots. <laughs> I don't know who they was directed to. Okay. Was like, <laughs> Moving right along. Moving right along. Um, but in any case, like I feel good. I feel, you know, pride of, in terms of how things have manifested. And I feel like when good things are happening to you, you have an obligation to to give back where you can, which is why host is not stopping either, which we're going to get into, you know, at the can't end of this stop. Episode for sure. Won't stop. But Host it, baby. Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. Us like totally different living arrangement. It's just crazy. I, I was in my old place for a decade in the concrete jungle. Um, so now moving to like a place where the birds wake me up in the morning has been interesting. I can't I still yeah. can't believe it. Going to the, being able to first of all, it is it's weird not being able to walk to the store, the bodega. walk to the bodega, and get a sandwich or just walk to the grocery store, walk to the liquor store, whatever store or where store. That's a little weird, but it, I'll trade that any day for being able to drive 
to where you need to go and come back and just park. Right. Because that, oh boy, I mean, I could record a whole podcast around how parking will deter you from doing anything. Like, it'd be the most meaningful thing ever. Like, yeah, hey, I need to go to the gym. But like, knowing that you may spend 30 minutes finding parking coming back will deter you from doing anything, even things that make sense. Right. But as you uh, ever so astutely mentioned yesterday, it's going to get real when the whole world open back opens back up and that commute is different into Manhattan. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be paying that thirteen dollar toll. Like, I, <laughs> like going from being able to jump on a bus or even on those bougie days to pay the little nine dollars for the ferry, it's going to be different uh, once everything opens back up. That's if anything opens up right. in New York this year. But I'm like, I'm basically like, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. At this point, I'm I'm just reveling in the fact that like quiet. I get to see my Blue Jays and uh, Cardinals, Cardinals in the and tree Orioles outside. The yeah, I'm I'm good on that right now. So I'll probably be feeling a little bit different this time next year when you're out at 11.30 p.m. in Manhattan. Right. But yeah. Next summer will be different. But for now, we'll be chilling in the, that beautiful grass in the backyard writing poems and haikus. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I've been, I check CNN, right? I check CNBC. I check the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal because I need to be informed professionally. Um, but I, I am not digesting and taking in this information in an excessive way for sure um, because it's just too much and it's nerve wracking. So I've been trying to find other ways to keep myself entertained with the very little free time that I have. So I'm still on Versus. Uh, you know, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but checking things out here and there, um, looking at a lot of Zoom conversations, reading memoirs, et cetera. What have you been up to? Oh, I was, you know, I was Versus all the way too. Um, still think Beanie Man and um, what's his name? Bounty Killer had the best verses thus far. Um, shout out to Jada Kiss and Fab. Jada Kiss won. I predicted that. <laughs> but um, aside from that, just cooking. Uh, and yeah, you've been it. cooking a ton. Um, you know, trying to occupy my time working on this lawn, making sure I'm keeping it uh, green and just um, doing some reading. Um, trying to, I, I try to make sure every day I read for at least 30 minutes. Um, and I've been doing, I've been keeping up with it pretty good and, you know, keeping co- in contact with friends. Um, yeah. I think what's, what's been fascinating to watch is how new lanes have opened up, you know, as a result of COVID. So, you know, the last versus battle was on last one or two. I'm not even sure we're on Apple TV right? as well. So seeing that, you know, they've created a whole thing. DJ D nice has been Ever, everywhere. I feel like he DJ 24 hours a day. Yes. Now. So all those new opportunities for him, which he absolutely deserved. Um, so th- that's been interesting to see how companies have adapted, how people have really like risen and, and been put in the forefront by virtue of just like being creative and figuring out, figuring out ways um, to thrive in this. So, and I mean, we said that from the beginning that, mm-hmm. you know, th- moments like this, it creates ingenuity and it creates trailblazers, right? People who are willing to think outside the box and find ways to um, create and and figure out what ideas can come to them through uh, necessity. And that has happened. We've seen it with D-Nice for sure. We've seen it with Versus. So from that perspective, I feel like inspired, right? Um, I feel inspired that over time, new opportunities would present themselves. I mean, it's at a much more minor scale, but it's happened for us. I mean, we've gotten interviews that we probably wouldn't have gotten, you know, otherwise. Shout out to Christine Swanson and her husband, Michael, who's over at NBC. Um, Christine Swanson, soon to be Emmy Award 
uh, nominee. I'm just putting that out there. I know it's going to happen. That's in the bag. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, that is just kind of opened up the lane for us as well. But just in terms of where I want to go um, and where you want to go with this podcast, podcast and with this content, I feel like this these last few months and seeing the moves that people have made is a glimpse into where we could possibly end up over time. All right. Podcasting isn't going anywhere. And I think um, people with all this time in their hands realize um, the opportunities, here, especially with some of the deals and things that have occurred, you know, the Joe Rogan's deal with Spotify, they realize what it is. But I think what people are also learning is what we've said a million times is this is not it. It seems easy, but it's not easy. You still have to whether COVID is going on or not whether things are right in your life or not, like that content still has to go out regularly because mm-hmm. the key to this game is consistency. Absolutely. And and that's why, you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, po- podcasts uh, pop up every day. Do you guys ever feel like, you you know, never break through? And I'm like, the first thing is consistency. Like, I, I don't, first of all, when people that I know release a podcast or launch a podcast, I'm like, great, congratulations, right? That's awesome. I, I feel like everybody can eat. As I've said on here before, I believe in the law of universal supply. There's enough for all of us. Um, But outside of that, just generally speaking, I think consistency, people being able to consistently produce anything is a whole other animal. People launch things all the time. I've launched things that, you know, I decided, eh, I don't want to put my consistent energy into this. So um, I don't really think about that. I think what I think about more is just what is our strategy so to rise to the top, right? To top of the pile. Speaking of, did you know that the Google Podcast Creators Program uh, released their application again? Did not know. We'll be submitting again. Yeah, man. I was I was like kind of offended when they didn't choose us. But what's crazy is like the the ones that they did choose didn't really make as big of a splash as I thought with Google with Google behind them. So I don't know. They're going all virtual this year. I mean, I feel like content creation is like anything else. It's like industry. You can get the cosign from the biggest label in the world. Either you have it or you don't. doesn't matter. Right. It's true. And I mean, listen, we we have a small village of listeners, so I'm not knocking that at all. Um, But you think with that Google machine behind you, it'd be something else. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm really don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like filling out that application again, but I feel like we have to do it. For sure. Consistency, people, consistency. For sure. So the big other thing that's that's happening for us is if you follow the show closely, you know that this time last year we were in full swing uh, in the final weeks before our back to school bash, our inaugural one last year, where we raised all this money. We had, what was it, 700 backpacks and school supplies right. for, for to serve our local community and families in need there. And by local community, we mean where we grew up. Um, so coming into 2020, we felt like, oh, we got this in the bag. Like supply chain is there. Um, we know what to do. We know who to talk to. We got a partnership. Right. Like we, we knew the process, when to ask for what. Everything was there. The templates, all of it. We got buy-in from local <laughs> officials. And COVID was like, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, then COVID happened. So what's crazy is like we had just narrowed it down to like an actual date and a rain date, had our local assembly members involved, had the mayor involved, and then things got weird, right, with COVID. And at the time, we didn't even know that it would be this long, but it was like, oh, wow, they're shutting the state down. Like, this is interesting. So we were kind of watching it. And I think the first the first uh, conclusion that we came to was like, there's no way we're going to be able to do this, right? Because it's not just about the ability to gather. It's about the support 
And as we've talked about on the show before, 99% of our support came from locals, right? Small businesses, independent, you know, proprietors, friends and family, et cetera. And like everybody, you know, businesses were boarded up, boarded up in the town that we were, were in last year. Um, and people were kind of figuring out or trying to figure out where their next check was coming from. So we realized very quickly that like, even if the state of New Jersey eventually opened back up, we wouldn't have the runway necessary to plan and get everything that we need. So we were kind of sitting with that for a bit and feeling a bit disappointed. And then in the words of our grandmother, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yes. That's very violent, by the way. But anyway, um, antiquated. <laughs> so songs when I say, what's up? Let me do before you continue. Let's just let me just reiterate this again. I am so glad that we decided to make the gala biannual because, Lord Jesus, if we would have put all that deposit money out there, just they would have held it for 2021. We would have had no access to that cash. None. Listen, I'm sweating thinking <laughs> about it. I'm I'm just so glad that that wasn't on schedule for this year. Oh, yeah, man. And, and it's not even just venue deposits. It's entertainment deposits. It's everything that you need. The sound, mm-hmm. you know, audio visual. So it's thousands upon thousands of dollars that we would have been out of for 2020 with no benefit from a fundraising perspective at all. So so, yeah, I'm glad we didn't decide to do that. And then. Here comes, we were like, we're just going to focus on the back to school bash. Like, we'll just raise the money. It'll be easy. Like, we have all the collateral that we need. We can raise money without the gala this year. Not a problem. Um, Then the whole world just turned upside down. So, but we've decided that, like, we're going to forge ahead. It's not, it may not be at the level that we did it in, did it last year. Like, that's not going to happen. There's not going to be a carnival and all this other stuff. We may not even serve the volume of people that um, we did last year. However, the whole legacy that this was built on is our grandparents doing a little with a lot. So we just decided, you know what, we're going to help families this year, whether it's two or 200, we're going to make it happen. Um, So we've decided to adopt entire families and help those in need. You know, people are are struggling uh, due to this pandemic. Um, So we're going to start a capital raise and see what we can make happen, see what we can make shake. And then we're going to have a contact list, as we're calling it, uh, back to school bash. We'll, we'll just drop, make drops to, to families, um, depending on how much we raise and what we're able to collect. Right. We're going to make it happen. We're going to do whatever we can. Listen, that slow motion is better than no motion. Right. So I didn't want to be, you know, one of those orgs that's just like, oh, well, we can't do what we normally do. So we're just not going to do anything. Um, and we've decided, you know what, like, let's just make it happen either with a little or with a lot. So that campaign is about to drop. Um, but if you are a new or longstanding supporter of the show and you want to get involved, um, in some, some way we will accept your donation. Uh, there's also an Amazon wish list that's gonna drop as well. But if you want more information about the campaign, you can text HOSA, that's H O. S is in sunshine. A stands for House on Stephen Avenue. Uh, you can text 202-858-1233. Again, just text HOSA to 202-858-1233. And you'll get a link to this fundraising campaign with more information about what we're doing and why we are doing it. So we did the majority of this last year with like literally just our family and friends and listeners of the show, former guests who rallied around us. And we believe that it can happen again. So I, I feel like it might be bigger than we even anticipate. I don't underestimate the power of the people. Yeah, for sure. I'm a little bit nervous about like if it does blow up bigger, making 
uh, uh, several contactless drops <laughs> to a bunch of families, but that's a good problem to have for sure. We figure it out. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that though. I, I think I, I realize that I get joy, you know, from giving back. So when, when it was basically, even with all these other things going on in my life, when it looked like we weren't going to be able to do it, I felt um, like sad, a little bit sad, like, man, our year's a wash, you know, in terms of community support. Um, but it's, you know, taking a little bit of creativity, but it's going to happen either small or big. However, it's it's going to happen for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. Like it with everything going on in the world, um, arrest Breonna Taylor's killer. So I just want to say that uh, I, 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 those things are still on my radar. Um, and, you know, we're continuing to have the conversations about what is going on in the world, defunding the police, all those things off air, even though we've not, we're not focusing on DNI, diversity and inclusion and police brutality in this episode. Um, those conversations are still happening. Things that we are really passionate about. I just want to say that on air. Um, we have not stopped paying attention. Um, so I'm following that as well. And that's stressful and sometimes rage inducing. <laughs> right. But we have to multitask what, what we always do. Right. Exactly. And you got to find levity too. Right. Levity as well. Yeah. So um, speaking of levity, I have been following the social media chatter about August Alsina and Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have not listened to the interview, so I can't talk about it in depth. But what, for what I understand is that he spoke about a lot of things, um, and really displayed a level of vulnerability that was commendable, but everybody's focus is on his conversation around his relationship with the Smith family, um, and Jada and all that great stuff. And now Jada apparently is bringing herself to, uh, Red Table Talk. Let me just say, I did not expect Red Table Talk to blow up the way that it did. Um, but kudos to them for for making that a new media platform that people really follow. Um, but there I've been seeing like a lot of chatter online about he shared too much, like, you know, he's broke. He broke the code or he has the right to speak his truth. And now the Smiths have to stop being so evasive about it. Um, and as a show that's really built on vulnerability, like as the host of a show who this is what we do. I've been trying to decide how I feel about it. Right. Um, how do you feel about him dropping that information, which he didn't even say things explicitly in my mind, but people are filling in the blanks. I didn't. I think I, I've seen a few cl- like clips here and there. I really wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it. I more so saw the jokes. Um, but I think um, that's his story to tell. Um, you can't really tell. Um somebody what they can say and what they can't say. And if they're, if they're being real, they're being public. Because from the clips that I saw, um, that I what from what I recall, it's not like he explicitly said anything. He just alluded to some things. And it, I think I feel like with the social media, with the social media era that we're in and everybody be allowing allowed to have a voice and some voices being amplified, people just fill in the blanks and create parts of stories narrative. and they create different narratives. Those things get retweeted and shared and it automatically becomes the truth. Doesn't necessarily make, make it the truth. So I feel like people are allowed to be vulnerable. They can say what they want. And sometimes things take a life of their own after they come out of your mouth. It's not necessarily that person's fault, how the public receive what they said, mm-hmm. especially if you didn't say anything trying to be malicious. Cause it's not like he said, Hey, I was doing X, Y, and Z with Jada, even though she was married to this person. It's just, he phrased it a certain way, but it's, there's not like clear. And from what I saw, it wasn't clear things said like, yes, I was having an affair with this man's mm-hmm. wife. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what I found more interesting was not what he said, but the Twitter chatter online from staffers from Red Table right. Talk. Like 
someone making a comment, you know, who works in lighting to say, oh, um, you know, their, their marriage has been a mess for years. They need to just divorce. And then somebody else co-signing it from a legal perspective. I'm like, aren't you under some form of confidentiality because you work on this show? Like that's employment law or even independent contractor contracts. That's one one. Right. right. Um, so I found that interesting. And as we continue to grow as a show and we've had those moments where people have dropped bombs on the show. Um, and we've had to decide whether a really great segment is worth um, the backlash that that person may receive or how that might affect someone else who's connected to the story. Um, and we've, you know, we've had a, a couple of instances where it's been pulled out. Um, so I'm always trying to find the balance between uh, vulnerability and what's salacious. Right. And and I think I don't think that he went into it. Um, I could be wrong. Trying to be salacious, but given who he was talking about, um, it just Black Twitter ran with it, right? right? And it became its own thing. And then there was a you know someone vehement, vehemently denying it, and then now coming out and saying there's some healing that needs to take place. So um, I do wonder though, as we grow as a show and get more well-known guests, will we have to make these choices someday about what to what to release and what not to? Think about it all the time, but I, I always value relationships over salacious stories because it's it's like again it, there may be there's been some things that said on this episode I'm like wow that's really great content, but I value the relationship with the person over great content. So I'm always going to choose. All right, what's gonna again not bending the truth, not lying or anything, but if it's something that can be avoided for persons because there, there can be some sort of fallout can affect that person's family, that person's life, happiness, mental health. I'm always going to put that over just the almighty dollar. And it happened recently where I was like, oh, it, it was one of those things where like I was in the interview. And I'm like, this is amazing. Right. Um, and it was a call out that was just so great and timely. And the guest came back and said, oh, man, like I, I realize that I'm implicating more than one person here. And I don't know if I need to do that. You know, can we can we take it out? And like you said, we value relationships. So we did. So we've made the hard choices. Um, and they're not even hard, I should say, but like we've made choices to our own detriment in terms of like the content that technically we own and could put out. Right. Um, because people sign off on that. But it's easy to do that because we don't answer to anybody. We don't answer right. to sponsors. Our ratings are what they are. Nobody cares. But I wonder as the show grows and you have advertisers and you have all these things and you got to get eyes and clicks and traffic, um, you know, does that change how you think about things. I never want to be the show that sacrifices integrity for the for this uh, sake of clicks or listens. I, I, th- I think it, it may. I don't think I don't, really don't think in a long term it changes how you approach things, because this, like any other sort of content creation, is based off relationships. Right. And as you know, if you some people, if you burn them, they will never deal with you ever. again. Right. People hold grudges there. You can say I'm sorry a million times. They will not forget what you did and how what you did affected their lives. So that's why I always value trying to keep relationships and keeping people happy, being fair, of course, mm-hmm. but keeping people happy um, again. Cause it's like, you know, the things that we edit out, it's not like, you know, we're altering the truth or lying about anything. It's just, again, about protecting people that you care about people who are being vulnerable, allowing you to, you know, coming on your platform to share their story. Yeah. What I will say is I appreciate that we have only had to deal with a handful of publicists. 
Because that's a whole other right. situation when you've got to deal with what questions are you going to ask and stay away from this. Can you um, can you talk about this, et cetera? And I know the bigger we get, the more that's going to happen. Right. But I appreciate that our conversations have been a lot more organic. And recently <laughs> we told somebody, no, thank you. Yeah. We've had a, a couple. We've had politicians on the show before. Right. Um, but, you know, we've gotten those suggest- suggestions more now. And I get it, right? You have an agenda to push, you know, especially if you're campaigning. Um, but my attitude is you're not going to tell me how to run my show. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> exactly. And you're not going to limit the conversation. One of the things we pride ourselves on is long form content. So you're coming in you want, you know, you're sending some campaign manager or some publicist to try to tell us that you want to hit seven sound bites in 10 minutes and go like, no, thank you. Right. No, thank you. There's no benefit to that for us. That's not the kind of audience that we have. Um, so, yeah. And it feels good to like feel empowered to be like, thanks, but no thanks when something doesn't fit our format um, and what it is that we've created here. So um, it makes it harder sometimes to find guests because, you know, they've got to agree to what it is that we do um, and what we're interested in. Um, and it's also I'm finding even after we get them on the show, it's still hard to get people to pub their own episode. What is up with that? I think it's what we've been saying. People get on and they say a little bit too much about their own personal story. Like, you know, I don't know if that was good, but I don't know if I want anybody to hear about when I had three dollars in my checking account. Right. It's they come on, they feel more comfortable than they ex- expected to. And it's like and then this one time when I was in the sixth grade, and they tell all these stories and have this really vulnerable conversation, which I think is awesome. I'm proud of what we've built here, that people feel like this is a safe space to do that. But then you've got to go back out into the world um, and be this professional or this entrepreneur, or this creative and having that content out there. Um, and I get it. I mean, there are tons of things that I haven't shared on this show yet. So I understand it. Um, but it's fascinating to me that people we press stop. People are like, oh, my God, that's the best conversation I've ever had. I feel so free. I feel so light or I'm amped up that I got to share those things. And then the episode comes out and it's like radio silence from them. Them, the guests. It's just weird. But I get it. I get it. You know, some people don't. Some people are not promoters. Mm-hmm. I'm not. The streets know. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Um, So, yeah, but I'm looking forward to like us adding to the team and having people who help to promote even when our guests do not. Um, So, yes, things are changing here at the December 26th podcast. More content is coming. We're working on it now um, to to be pushing that out later in the year. Um, Our philanthropy is continuing. Contractor work and general handyman work will continue as well. Slash barbecue work. Uh, yeah, because you're like, work. you're serious with the grill these days, all summer long. Um, but thank you guys for rocking with us. Thanks for supporting us uh, so much. This was very much like a freestyle episode. But remember, I'm going to drop this number again, 202-858-1233. You can text hosts that number if you really want to get down with us. At some point, we're probably going to add a Patreon for the show as well. If you want to support the show and shout out to the people who've just been sending us money. Shout out to them. We didn't even talk about that. So we have not monetized this show at all. We have not. We keep saying we're going to set up a Patreon. We haven't done it. But we've had a couple of former guests who just like dropped money on us just to support the cause, which Shout we out appreciate. Absolutely. Shout out Gordon Jackson as well, um, who have supported the show monetarily because it is not free. We do this with zero advertisers, zero outside money. And the longer these episodes are, the more they cost because of editing. That's a fact. And all that other stuff. So, you know, we're committed to the process. Um, 
We haven't been out here begging for help, but we do appreciate every dollar because it does go to keeping the show up and running until we get to that point where the advertisers are there um, and our live uh, events are there and uh, those other ways. So for those who've supported the show, thank you so much. We will be creating more ways for you to do so. Uh, merch is coming, all that great stuff. But in the interim, keep rocking with us. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. I can't believe we're at two and a half years at this point. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's it, been a while. It went really quickly, but not <laughs> all at the same time. Um, so we thank you guys. Just remember, tell somebody if you're into this content, we know it's not for everybody, these long form conversations, but you're, if you're into it, tell somebody else about it. Tell your auntie, cause we have people in every age bracket who listen, tell your friends, tell your colleagues. We appreciate it. Anything you want to add? Listen, man, y'all stay safe. Continue to social distance, sanitize, wear your mask, stay out of the clubs. Yeah, man, people have gotten really lax. I just want to say that, especially here in like New Jersey and New York. I've said this more than once. Restrictions were lift, lifted and people turned into Helen Baylor. Like instantly I was delivered. <laughs> instantly I was set free. No, man, like d- dial that back a little bit. We, we got to remain vigilant. Um, this isn't over. And it feels like we're on the other side of it, especially those of us here in the um, the Northeast, not in other places. You guys are going into the darkness, it seems. Um, but let's let's continue to wash our hands and uh, social distancing and all that great stuff um, so we can stay well because we want to see you all in person. Our live events that we thought we were doing, we plan to do those in 2021. So let's all work together to make sure that can happen. For sure. And listen, like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER. 